It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. It's a Monday. It's going to be a very busy, busy uh, show today, so I just want to get uh, right into it here um, with uh, Brady. Uh, and we'll start with track. The finals were over the weekend, and we had a lot of good things happen. Yes, yes, we um, did. In fact, so much good happened that I, I guess, uh, Brady, the best I can do with this is I'll give anybody who was a top 10 finish. Yes, because I believe, what, top eight is all state. Yes. Uh, but top 10, you get mentioned here. So You get mentioned here, top 10. Uh, Division two girls track. Um, so I'm going to start out with saying Marysville's team, 11th in the state. <laughs> but that was close enough for me. Uh, and uh, the performers in Division two, starting uh, with the way the state listed them. Yes. So in no particular order except the way they listed them. Uh, the 800-meter run, Jessica Denver of Imlay City was ninth. Reese Powers of Marysville was 10th, and we're going to talk about mm-hmm. Reese quite a bit here uh, in this segment, I think. In the 4x200-meter relay, North Branch was third. Marysville finished sixth. Reese was part of that, mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. 4x400-meter relay, Marysville fourth in the state. Reese was part of that. <laughs> North Branch. I'm noticing was, a uh, theme. Yes, North Branch was fifth in the state in that. Four by 800 meter uh, relay, Imlay City finished 10th. In the pole vault, Alexa Messina of Yale, fourth in the state. In the long jump, Lindsay Gerard of Marine City, fifth in the state. In shot put, Janae Hudson of Marysville, 10th in the state. And in the 400 meter dash, Reese Powers of Marysville, first in the state. 57.71 seconds to go 400 meters. That's quite fast. That's super fast. And does she run with the brace? Did no, we determine I don't th- this? No, I don't think she does anymore. Okay. But she had the big brace on during basketball season. Basically, she really didn't have a basketball season this year. I mean, she was on the she team. Was limited, and she played, yeah. and, but was very limited from what we think she would have played. But uh, congratulations to Reese. Congratulations to all the ladies in D2 girls track from around the uh, area that participated and did well there. D3 for the girls. 100 meters, uh, Taylor Reams of Algonac was ninth in the state. In the long jump, Annabelle Schneider of KPAC was 10th in the state. In shot put, Olivia Bovenshin of Brown City placed second in the state, and her second-place finish was more than 11 feet behind the person who won the event. Sarah Marvin of Byron set the state record with a shot put of over 49 feet. Like, we, we were talking about this off the air. She could have taken her second or third best throw and probably won. Yeah, comfortably. Like you, take, like you said, you take five feet off her throw and she still very easily wins. Uh, Bovenshin, by the way, was fifth in the uh, discus and Marvin set the state record in that, too. So, uh, congrats, congratulations to Sarah Marvin, but congratulations to Olivia Bovenshin, second and fifth in the shot put in districts. Uh, uh, discuss. Uh, Division four, uh, Marlette, eighth in the state uh, in the uh, overall team rankings. In the pole vault, uh, Brooke Malloy of Marlette was second. Abigail Sanford of Deckerville was fifth. In the shot put, Lily Parker of Marlette was ninth. In the high jump, Olivia Finley of Marlette was third. She was second in the long jump. In the 4x800-meter relay, Deckerville finished seventh overall. And in the 1600-meter run, Sophia Sanford of Deckerville was ninth overall. That was the ladies. The boys, 
D1 track in the 110-meter hurdles. Cass Dabrowski of Port Huron Northern, fifth in the state, and Cass was sixth in the state in the high jump. Uh, D2 boys track, the 400-meter dash, Nolan Kadera of Yale, seventh in the state. In the 800-meter run, Evan Woodard of Marysville, a first-place finish. How about that? Marysville got two first-place finishes. By over two track. seconds, too. I saw the video of that one, and it – like he obviously it's not, but he made it look easy. Like he was out in front the entire time. Yeah, one minute fifty five point two five seconds. Jack Pennewell of St. Clair was eighth in that race. Connor McKenzie of Armada was ninth in that race. Sixteen hundred meter run. Jack Pennewell of St. Clair was second in the state. Connor Uplegger of Marine City was fifth in the state. In the thirty two hundred meter run, Uplegger uh, was sixth in the state. The four by one hundred meter relay, Imlay City's team finished tenth. In the four by four hundred meter relay, Yale first overall. So congratulations. To Devin Kostiuk, Matt McClellan, Michael Ferguson, and Nolan Kadera. They made up the four man team that finished first in the state in the 4x400 meter relay. In the shot put, Zach Sargent of Croslex, 10th in the state. In discus, Drake Dusheski of North Branch was fourth. And uh, Marco Singleton from Marysville, seventh in the district. Uh, discus. Why can't I say discus today? Discus. Discus. Uh, Division three. <laughs> 200-meter dash, Miles Weish of New Haven was sixth. He finished second in the state in the 400-meter dash. Uh, Evan Green of Richmond was 10th in that race. 1,600-meter dash, uh, Tyler Carlson of Memphis was ninth in the state. And in the discus, discus. There you go. Sixth in the state from KPAC, Bryce Tank. You love that name. I, for discus? You Bryce love Tank. It. Come on. Perfect. You couldn't come up with a more perfect name. For a discus thrower. Uh, and in D4, boys track, Deckerville, ninth in the uh, state in the 800-meter uh, run. Trevor Barker of Deckerville was first in the state. In the 4x400-meter relay, Deckerville finished first in the state. In the pole vault, William Brown of Deckerville was seventh. In the 4x800-meter uh, relay, Deckerville finished seventh in the uh, state. Uh, and in the 400-meter dash, Larry Dedalus of Cardinal Mooney was sixth. And Brett uh, Dumas of Deckerville was 10th. Uh, Larry is like a big, tall dude running a 400-meter dash. I'm just trying to Use picture those him long running legs. a 400-meter dash, though. Use those long legs. Yeah, I guess that's what it is, is you've got that long stride. And I guess when you're that big and you get going, mm-hmm. that, that'll do it for you. But uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, that's the track and field uh, finals for the uh, boys and the girls. And, again, congratulations to uh, all of uh, you that uh, did well and to the first-place winners as well. Quite an accomplishment. Yes, it Just is. Just talking about it exhausts me. Yes. And, it, and if you've ever been to a track and field event, it's total, utter, controlled chaos. But it's awesome. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break, and uh, then we'll uh, start with the uh, baseball and softball uh, districts that were played over the weekend as uh, it was pretty busy for both uh, Brady and uh, I. You got a little sun. I got a lot of sun. <laughs> we'll be back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. 
Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 850-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low e-glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Michaels, your dealer for the people. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm trying to do a commercial for Michaels Car Center, but there's so much they do. Like what? Well, they do sales, service, and rentals. They have a body shop. They buy used vehicles. They'll beat or match any deal. Plus, there's guaranteed credit approval. Wow, I knew Michaels Car Center has been the area's hometown dealer for 35 years, but with all that, Michaels really is your dealer for the people. Michaels Car Center, 4371 24th Avenue, Fort Open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michael's your dealer for the people. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. 
Derek Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Derek Clean by Bachelor. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with Dennis and uh, Brady. Uh, Brady, we want to start with uh, baseball. So we'll backpedal to uh, Friday. Seems like an eternity ago. Um, and we'll start with the with games that we didn't see, and then we'll talk about the game uh, on Friday that Brady uh, actually – or the games, because there were three that Brady saw. But uh, I'll work backwards from D4, um, and, then, and then we'll get there. Uh, Marlette won their district. They beat Kingston 6-3, and they beat Peck 11-1. Peck had advanced by beating Carsonville Port Sandlack. Eight to uh, four. Uh, also, you had uh, at uh, Anchor Bay on Friday, Dakota and Northern played a one nothing game that Dakota won. Owen Johnson apparently pitched really, really well. Gave the Cougars all they could handle, but I mean, hey, that's what I say. Like baseball and softball, I think baseball more so than softball is the most volatile sport. It takes one hot arm, and unfortunately, Northern wasn't able to push across any runs, but. Can you really ask for more from Owen Johnson in that situation? Yeah, that that's one, and I know that they don't look at it that way, but that, that's kind of that moral victory that I think helps them going into next season. You know, and, and I know not all the kids are going to be back, but they have a lot of young players on Northern that will be back, and and they're thinking now like, man, we we hung with a really good Dakota baseball team. It helps them know that they can that Dakota's not some mythical yeah. creature. That like, They're hey, fallible. We we almost beat them. We can beat them if we work at this. Anchor Bay beat uh, Lance Cruz North six to four, and then Dakota beat the Tars eight nothing in the final game at that district there. And then the only other thing going on baseball wise for our area on uh, Friday was uh, at uh, Lutheran North, your new mm. favorite ball field. Okay, let's just get this out of the way right now. <laughs> I want to preface this by saying the people there are really nice. The, the, the people that volunteered and did everything, very welcoming, very nice. However, <laughs> you get to that ball field. Dennis, you could have went to an elementary school, any of the ones in the area, and you'd have had just as good of a time playing. So the first thing... You get there, and the, it's, it's the same setup as Marysville where the entire grass is infield, but it's, you know, it should have been cut four days ago. There are weeds in it. Like, it's just not well-maintained grass. First base is on a 45-degree angle towards the infield, so it's not even flat. Then, then you're, I'm walking around. I'm going, all right, where am I setting up? There's not a power outlet to be found. It's like the Amish built this ballpark. I'm like, and for a minute, I'm going around, I'm going, if there's no power, I'm screwed. Like, I'm going to have to figure out, can I use my car for power? Because I went around, they had like a shed, it didn't have an outlet in there. And I'm looking, I'm going, oh, and, and the hill, oh, the, the, the bump, the mound. 
it looked like it's something that Bob Feller would throw off of way back in the day, you know, <laughs> before they lowered it when they were basically spiking the ball at people. Yeah. Like, legitimately, it was the tallest mound I've seen all year. So then you walk to the – I'm walking to the outfield, and I'm, ch- I'm praying the scoreboard has an outlet. Thankfully, it did. But you're going from right field to center field. The fence just juts in and out however it pleases, randomly. Like, it'll go go in. Nope, now it's going to come out right back in. Oh, really deep now. Now back in a little better. Like it was seriously, it looked like a child designed the fence, and it's not like it really went with the like the parking lot was that way. Like you could have just had a straight fence and it not be super deep. Um, but yeah, it was not. It's not a nice field, and I understand it's a COVID year, and not everyone wanted to, to handle the hassle. And they, I don't know if they were forced to or volunteered to. But they should not be hosting the district. And um, the kicker by, of it. By the way, they're hosting a regional, and it's the one that Orchard Lake St. Mary's is playing at. Not at Orchard Lake St. Mary's? It's uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's is hosting one, yeah. but they're not playing there. They're playing at Lutheran North. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and you want to know what the kicker is? Do you want to know what the kicker is of all this? There's a sewer drain in center field. Not like, a, no, like a metal sewer drain. You can see the outfield like dip down, and in there, there's a metal great sewer drain. And that's what was hosting a tournament. And then I think the biggest kicker to all this, and I told you this is right behind the right field wall, is a gorgeous addition to the high school looks like it could not be more than five years old looks like it's google's office like it's so beautiful and then it's well, now you know where all the money in the district and went a, okay you could have put an extra two hundred dollars in the bond to get fertilizer and and a <laughs> weed whip and some real dirt that it looked like they grabbed topsoil and just put it in the infield it was rough Anyway, with all that out of the way, apparently Lutheran North likes playing there or they like playing on our airwaves. Because in the first game, they played Marysville. And it started off well for the Vikings. Uh, with two outs, Larry Smayfield got a hit, started three straight hits. Smayfield, Ferguson, Herdebees. They're up one nothing. I'm like, oh, they struggle to score runs. It's good that they got up early. Well, Lutheran North hits pretty well and it's the first time Maceo Miller looked human he gave up a leadoff single a sack bump pushed him over and then Carter Penn in the four hole tied the game up in the first so you're like all right well that stinks they they even the score at one scoreless second scoreless third in the bottom of the fourth it was a leadoff single uh, a pop out uh, the kid Penn got thrown out at third but Noah Tooncliffe got on, and then it was a double from Kyle Pretzer. Absolutely roped it, scored the run to go up 2-1, to one, and then it's scoreless, scoreless. You get to the sixth, and you're like, Marysville needs to keep this at 2-1. to one. And then the, the hits really started coming. And Adam Peters, Noah Tooncliffe, Kyle Pretzer, and Zach Saluski all got on, and they put across two more runs. It was 4-1, to one, and then... They couldn't do anything against the pitcher, Connor Comiskey. He only gave up, I believe, five hits on the day to Marysville. Yeah, three, four, five, six hits. And 
Marysville's bats just went cold after the first inning. Couldn't really do anything. But here's the thing. In every inning, they had a runner on base. They never went down one, two, three. There are some things where kid gets doubled off after a low line drive that gets caught. Kid mis- misreads a sign and steals and instead of doing nothing, gets thrown out. And it was just that thing just kept killing Marysville. They got runners on and couldn't push them across the score. Well, and that's what we've been talking about all year. We talked about Marysville's pitching is good enough. It's good enough to, to give you a deep run. Their defense is adequate enough. And theoretically, Luther North was pitching their number two pitcher. Yeah, but the, the offensively and getting the big hit on a consistent basis has been the bugaboo for the, the Vikings all the way. Um, Marine City, on the other hand, have hit pretty well. This well, year, it, their bugaboo has been their defense and not consistent pitching. It was like a switch was flipped. So in the first inning, uh, Mason Walker got hit by a pitch. He moved all the way up to third and scored when Wyatt Walker grounded out. So you're like, geez, they, they just got to run against a really good pitcher in Carter Matty. I was glad I got to see him throw for a second time this year. And then after that RBI ground out, Maddie struck out the next six Mariners. He struck out seven of the first nine batters he faced, and it was uh, three to one Armada, thanks to an, a two RBI double from Justin Sturrett, a nice player for the Tigers. It's three one. Marine City's getting no hit. It's the bottom of the fourth, and then I don't know what was said in the Mariner dugout. What happened? But they went from being no hit and only. Two balls being put in play their first three innings to Mason Walker, chopper single through, Wyatt Walker, chopper single through, and it was, um, let me get this right, because a sub came in, and it was a freshman in Parker Atkinson. Comes in, lays down a perfect bunt, supposed to be a sacrifice, beats it out. So bases are loaded. Nolan Distelrath, boom, two RBI double. Charles Tiger gets on with a single and a throwing error, scores a couple more runs. And then I saw this, and I don't think I've ever seen this before, and I don't know if I ever will see it again. Runners on second and third. Distelrath's at third. Tiger's at second. Caden Chapman uh, lays down a suicide squeeze. That nets two RBIs. (laughs) I don't know if this was planned but what happened was basically Tigert was acting as if he was stealing third, knowing Distelrath's on third stealing, going to go home on the squeeze. So gets the bunt down, Distelrath's running home. Tigert is within 10 feet of him. The pitcher doesn't realize it, gets it, just throws it to first. Distelrath scores, Tigert scores, and it took me a minute. I was like, wait, there's nobody on. He's working out of the windup. There's two outs, so he didn't get, Tigert didn't get out. He must have scored. So they ended up putting up five runs that inning against Armada, and they kind of cruised the rest of the way. They'd add one more run in the following inning, but they beat a good Armada team 7-3. to three. Wyatt Walker pitched really well, um, didn't strike anyone out. Uh, I mean, really, if it wasn't for a few errors, he would have had a lot less stress too, but he, didn't get, he only gave up one hit after the second inning. Which was really impressive. Yeah. So they won that seven to three, and I was like, "That's a nice win for Marine City." A game which, like, seriously, Dennis, going into the fourth inning, it just felt like they were 
they were marching to to the hollows with the way Maddie was pitching, and then it like it was like just a turn of a switch. Well, that was the 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 thing going into that game. Even it was like, who do you give the advantage to? Because we'd heard good things about Armada, and you'd seen them play once. Yeah, um, and you knew that they had Maddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was just like, is is Marine City going to have enough pitching and enough defense? To beat them, and and we weren't really sure. And, and when I saw that the score was seven to three, I'm like, wow, that that's a nice win for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we give Lutheran North absolutely no respect in any sport, and they just keep winning when we do their games. Yeah, <laughs> we, and, and we've only seen them in the postseason. And what I did their girls basketball run, and they came back down ten with three minutes to go against Marine City. Unbelievable comeback. Beat a really good St. Clair team. Then they beat Clawson in the uh, regional semifinals. I was there. I wasn't doing the game because I was doing the next game, which was MLA City. Then MLA City, who if they play that game 10 times, they beat them more often than not by 15 to 20 points. Had to hit a shot in the last like 90 seconds to take the lead and, and not fall victim to Lutheran North again. Then they beat Marysville in baseball, and Marine City Lutheran North happens. And, oh, boy, did the offense come early and often. So Lutheran North starts off single, fielder's choice, single, bam, home run to right field, 3 nothing. And you're like, jeez. And then they get a ground out and a strikeout, so they settle down. But then it was like, okay, Marine City's answering. Zach Tetler grounded out to start, then Mason Walker drew a walk. Wyatt Walker singled, Jeff Heslop singled, and then Nolan Distelrath hit an absolute bomb of a double that drove in all three runs, and it would be Parker Atkinson with another RBI hit. Nine Mariners came to the plate in the first, and it was 4-3, to three, and you're like, okay, they answered. They're, they have the lead. This is going to be a slugfest. Well, Lutheran North kept hitting. Marine City didn't. Uh in the second inning, uh, there was two doubles, I think six total hits. It, it was 8-4 to four going into the bottom of the second, and then it was 13-4 to four going into the bottom of the third. Marine City's bats kind of shut down as uh, Lutheran North, they, they brought in a different pitcher after the first inning, and Marine City really couldn't touch him. And they just kept Marine City away. They did go seven innings, but they eventually won 16-7. to seven. And, yeah, Lutheran North is apparently the new Achilles heel of this area, at least when they're on our airwaves because they're 4-1 and one, and they've beaten some really good teams. Yeah, uh, and, and again, they're not a team we pay a whole lot of attention to. And generally when you look at their records, you know, like there, there have been a few years in football where they win like six or seven games, but never really like – a school that you look at as teams from our area shouldn't be able to handle them. Well, like, okay, you play that district ten times, Lutheran North wins it twice. They don't get – I mean, they play St. Clair how many times? They don't beat St. Clair. They lose to them more often than not. Because, oh, wait, Lutheran North is a nice team. I don't want to disrespect them because they have a lot of good players. They can hit the ball. But, I mean, that was – maybe it's because they made them look that way, but that – was the worst I've seen Maceo Miller pitch all year. And again, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Maybe it's because they made him look that way. Yeah, they, beat, not he. they beat Maceo Miller, so I've got to give them some credit. 
So they did something right. They have. Uh, they will play Southlake, I believe, in the district or the regional semifinal on Wednesday. I think they'll win that game, and then yeah, then it's Lambs to the slaughter against Orchard Lake St. Mary's. If they pull off that upset, we'll just become a Lutheran North station. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think at that point we've got to got to set something up and follow them around. Uh, stuff that happened on Saturday for baseball over at Yale. Elmont beats Imlay City fifteen to nothing. Uh, they they had had oh, that wow. great uh, game uh, in the pre district. With Croslex. Yeah, you kind of felt the winner of that game was going to be the, the odds-on favorite. Yeah. Uh, then North Branch beat Yale 6-5. to five. So it was an Elmont-North Branch final. Now, the final score was 10-4 for Elmont, but mm. the game went eight innings. Jeez, so what did the top of the eighth look like? <laughs> it looked big for Elmont. At least six runs for them. Jeez. So, 10-4 um, and eight? So Elmont moves on. Uh, they're going to play Notre Dame prep at Orchard Lake St. Mary's on Wednesday in the pre-regional. If they win that, they play the winner between Birch Run and Frankenmuth in the regional final, which would be played in Novi on Saturday. And then if you win that also Saturday in Novi, you play your quarterfinal game. So let's And Lutheran North is in that bracket. The weird part is, so Lutheran North's playing at home, but... Orchard Lake St. Mary's is playing at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. That's the we- that's weird. No, Orchard Lake St. Mary's is playing their oh, game. Oh, according to this, it's, it, this a whole thing's messed up because Almont Notre Dame preps at Linden, and they're all at different places. But anyway, yeah. Almont has I think a decent chance to maybe win a regional. I don't know anything about Notre Dame prep or Birch Run or Frankenmuth, but. I know that they have pitching to do it. And yeah. And they've beaten a good, a really good Croslex team twice already. And what, because we talked about Croslex more and maybe gave them a little more shine than Almont. You know, just because us idiots in the media were saying that Croslex was better, Almont's has shown they are every bit as good. As the Pioneers. And what they showed in the district is their clutch. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hitting comes to life at the right time. I mean, how many times you say, okay, you're facing a really, really good pitcher in Hunter Soper, down one in the seventh. How many times do you come back and win that game? Not, not very often. often. Yeah, not very often. Uh, a couple other scores. Millington beat Brown City 4-3. to three. Uh, Over at Elginac, Richmond beat KPAC 13-1. to one. Elginac beat Memphis 5 to nothing, And then Richmond beat Elginac in the uh, final 8-4. to four. So Richmond is on to play Royal Oak Shrine in D3. And on Wednesday, that uh, game is out at Rochester Lutheran Northwest. And that'll be the game that I go to. Mm-hmm. Winner of that one will play the winner between Hemlock and Langsburg. Get to go to Saginaw Valley. That would be at Saginaw Valley State uh, University. Um, And also in uh, D4 on uh, Saturday, as we thought, Cardinal Mooney just destroyed that district. They beat New Haven Merritt 17-2, and then they beat Parkway Christian 10-0. So Mooney is on. They're going to play Inner City Baptist on Wednesday at Parkway Christian, and that'll be the game that Brady will be at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we think Mooney will win that one. Because I don't think Inner City Baptist had to play anybody. I think they just uh, – they were the only team in their yeah, district. Yeah, well, again, 
um, the MHSAA site doesn't like not everyone reports their score, so they're listed at zero and four. But who knows what that is? Yeah, no, they didn't play anyone. Uh, and so, if Mooney the, wins Saturday, they would go to uh, Adrian, uh, the college Adrian, mm-hmm. to play uh, against either Adrian Lenaway Christian, who we understand is good, and they're playing Lansing Christian. Yeah, at least that's I believe that's what I was told. Um, maybe it might have been. Someone else, who knows? But I know this. Marine City's really good. Marine City Cardinal Mooney's really good, and I will take them heads up with any D4 team in the state. Okay. Uh, I'll take a break here, and then we'll come back and we'll work on uh, figuring out what we saw in softball because I saw a lot of softball uh, Friday and uh, Saturday, and uh, you were busy on Saturday as well, and you saw a really good game in your final, and we'll get to all of that in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires 
and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Mary's or Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, we're back. I was explaining something to Brady off the air. Sorry. Getting very theatrical about it. Too. Yes, I was. I had to do all the motions. Anyway. And gesticulations. Do you like that one? No. It's a big word. I haven't pulled out big words lately on you. All right, softball time. Softball time. So let's go back to uh, Friday where uh, Kingston uh, won uh, their uh, district beating Peck 5-3 to three and then Brown City 12-2. to two. Uh, Brown City had uh, outslugged Marlette in the first game of the day 16-13. to 13. So, And we've seen a lot of those games uh, this year. Uh, Harbor Beach uh, ended up uh, winning uh, their uh, – District after Deckerville took out Ubley 5-4. Harbor Beach took out Deckerville 7-6. Then uh, also on Friday where I was at, we had uh, in D1 at Anchor Bay, Romeo and Northern were the first game. Romeo ends up winning this game 9-3, Brady, but actually for most of this game, uh, Northern was hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Romeo got two in the first. Okay, the first two hitters ground out to third. So there's two outs and nobody on in the top of the first inning. But then the bugaboo, a walk and an error. That'll get you. And Reese Fountain comes up and rakes a double up the gap that scores two runs, and you're down 2 nothing. But Northern came right back. Ali Shagney singled in a run uh, and then scored later in the inning on a Megan Prangy ground out, and it's 2-2 two to two after one. Right, they bounce back. You're like, all right, 0-0 game. Yep, 0-0 game again. But uh, then again, another error in the top of the second helps Romeo score three and go up 5-2. to two. They added a run in the uh, third and 6-2 Romeo, and you're like, ah. But, you know, again, Northern got a run back, and they had two runners on when the third out is made in the, uh, the fourth, and a good hitter at the plate too. Becca Larson's at the plate, and you're thinking – if Larson gets a hit here, we've got a ball game. But she grounded out, and it's 6-3 to three going into the fifth. But still, you're like, again, Northern's hanging in there. You just got a shutdown inning from Landshut. She's kind of settling down. She pitches to contact. Mm-hmm. They're, they're catching the ball. You know, they made the two errors in the first two innings, and then they played a clean game after that. 
But uh, Romeo was able to get some tack on runs late in the game, and they ended up beating the uh, Huskies uh, 9-2-3. Uh, Big game for Reese Fountain, who had three hits and drove in three runs. And Avery Collins, the catcher for Romeo, she was so banged up by the end of their second game that she was, like, limping to the to the plate, and, like, the courtesy runner for the catcher was basically standing down at first base waiting for her to get there. Um but she had three hits and drove in two runs in the first game, and and, and she's a good – kind of a tall, skinny kid, mm-hmm. but a really good uh, hitter uh, and played uh, well for them. And, of course, uh, Allie Shagney was Allie Shagney. Two hits, a run, and an RBI. Uh, two hits for Miranda McNaughton in that one. Two hits for Mackenzie Shagney uh, in uh, that uh, game as well. But Northern season ended. They went 9-20 and this year, uh, and really – uh, for Randy Shagney's team, hitting was not a problem. They hit all year, but uh, th- their defense was not consistent. And and they the pitching wise, it got better when they figured out that okay, Landshut is our kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she pitches to contact though, so it was uh, up to to the defense to help her out. And and they didn't always get that. And and I shot you the the stat, and I don't remember the exact numbers. But they gave up like 16 runs in a game 10 times this yeah. year. And that's really – Run prevention was the issue. Yeah, run prevention run was the issue for Northern because they scored plenty of runs to win plenty of games. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for Port here in high because An- Anchor Bay is as advertised, and they beat the, the Big Reds in five innings, 11 to nothing, and they had 17 hits, and they threw a combined no-hitter. Um, the Big Reds – had one base runner in the five innings. The top of the third, uh, Kanya got on on an error by the shortstop. And that was the only base runner in the game. Allison Vogt pitched the first two innings and struck out five of the six hitters she faced. The leadoff, Efficient. Uh, the leadoff hitter, DeLong, hit a, one off the end of the bat and rolled it to the first baseman. And then the next five kids struck out. And then they put in Paige Canown, who's a sophomore, and she threw three shutout, uh, scoreless, hitless innings uh, with two strikeouts. Uh, and, yeah, the Canown would be the number one pitcher for just about everybody we've seen <laughs> this year, and she's, she's the backup to vote at Anchor Bay. And, yeah, they hit the ball. Uh, three hits for uh, Danielle Keefley, uh, who knocked in two runs. Two hits and three RBIs for Taylor Wolf. Two hits, two RBIs for Deanna Hyde. Two hits and an RBI for Lexi Hoff. Two hits and two RBIs for Jessica Orlando. Uh, and the beat goes on. Uh, two hits for uh, Riley Carraway. Uh, they just they hit the ball. Not like home run power, but they hit the ball into the gap. Extra and they base hit power. line drives. Like every kid on that team hits line drives. Yeah, how many extra base hits were there? I don't mean to put um, you on not, the spot. Not a t- not a t- well, let me see. They had one, two, three, four, five, five doubles among 17 hits. That's a pretty good average. But they don't get cheap hits. Right. They get hits. Like you don't go, mm, was that a hit or should I score that an error or you know, no, they get hits. Um, they they strafe the ball, uh, and then they beat Romeo in the uh, championship game six to to nothing. 
Um, and actually, the, the pitchers took over the game after the top of the first. Anchor Bay jumped them. They lost the toss and hit first and scored three runs in the first inning. But with two outs, Lexi Hoff hit a, an RBI triple. And after that, the uh, Romeo pitcher retired three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten in a row before she gave up another hit. Uh, and she didn't give up another run until the sixth inning. But they just couldn't do anything against. Uh... They couldn't do anything against Allison uh, Vote, who she gave up a, a two out hit in the first and then struck somebody out, gave up a one out hit in the second, but nothing, then retired one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven in a row before walking off, walking a hitter uh, in the uh, sixth and then retiring the next four hitters. Then she gave up two hits actually with one out in the seventh and then got the final two hitters out. So she went seven, scattered four hits, one walk, uh, five strikeouts. And so two hits through six innings for for vote. She can throw. Olivia Malcolm took the loss. Uh, and, again, her final line isn't going to impress you. She gave up six runs on nine hits and struck out five. But against a lineup like that. But against a lineup like that, and for the, the middle, four, the second, third, fourth, and fifth innings, they couldn't touch her. So – uh, it, it actually, you know, it opened my eyes because I knew Anchor Bay was good, but I didn't know how good. Anchor Bay's good. Here's the problem. They tied for the Mac Red Championship with Dakota. They split the two games this year with Dakota, mm-hmm. and they're going to play Dakota in the first game of the regional. Yep, well, you're going to run into them at some point, but, that's, yeah, that's going to be unfair. That's a, those are two teams that that's win the champ- quarterfinal. That's the championship game. The team that wins that game will have an easier game in the regional final. Maybe the quarterfinal, too. Than in the regional semifinal, because Utica, no, no diss to Utica or Stony Creek, but I don't think they're beating Anchor Bay, and I'm assuming if Dakota's good enough to beat Anchor Bay, they're not going to beat Dakota. <laughs> that's just what I'm assuming. All right. Do you want me to uh... – Go or do you want to just keep on rolling and go to your Saturday? Uh, let's yeah, let's just go to Saturday and and while I'm blithering, we can and then they can hear you last um, because you, you're probably funner to hear last. Uh, okay, so now we get into Marysville. Marysville in uh, counting the the pre district game last Tuesday that they won ten nothing, outscored everybody in this tournament thirty four to nothing. That's good. That's ideal. <laughs> You think so? You think Coach Rathje would be happy with that? You you think so? And, like, where is the weak link in in the chain for these guys? Because, like, it's a total team effort. Like, they they destroy teams, and you can list off every game four, five, six kids that contribute something to the win. Sometimes all nine kids contribute something to the win. So, game one, 13-0 over Croslex. Megan Lenarski, uh, no runs on uh, four hits. Uh, again, not a big strikeout pitcher. She only struck out two. She pitches to contact, but her team can, can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then offensively, it started at the top of the order with Kate Westmiller, four for four, three runs scored, three RBIs. Uh, Kirsten Smith with an RBI double. You had uh, Caitlin Kane with uh, uh, only one hit, but she drove in four runs. Because she had a, a two-run double, uh, a sacrifice fly, and she knocked in a run with a ground ball. Callie Perrin, two doubles, four RBIs. Uh, Anna Oles, double, single, hit by pitch, two runs, uh, an RBI. 
Bassett with a single and a run scored. Winston with a single and a run scored. Avery Woodard gets on base three times, scores three runs, reached on an error, and drew two walks. And she's the number nine hitter, and she's constantly getting on base. Essentially, if it, if it wasn't for Kate Westmiller, she'd be the leadoff hitter. Yeah, yeah. On they, a lot they, of teams. They basically have two leadoff right. hitters, one at the top and one at the bottom. If, if she was on another team, she would more than likely be a leadoff hitter. Um, St. Clair played Yale in game two, and St. Clair won it 9-1. to one. They scored their nine runs in the first four innings, um, and then actually uh, things kind of settled down after that. Um, you had uh, a, a great effort from Matty Cook. One run on five hits, walked two, struck out 12. Um, Yale, of course, it, it was a tough year for Yale, but I wanted to point out Cameron Cosgrove, threw a runner out at the plate from center field, and it was a clothesline from center to the plate in the air and got the runner by quite a bit. Yeah? She got a cannon on her? By quite a bit she got uh, the runner. So that was a great play. Um, and, uh, again, a lot of contributions for the uh, Saints – Two hits for Maddie Cole, two hits for Julia Schweighoffer, two hits for Claire Borg, two hits for Avery uh, Paul, two RBIs for Borg and uh, Sky Gottler, who had a triple in the uh, game, RBIs for Julia Schweighoffer and Avery Paul, RBI for Aaron Saros, Courtney McLeod knocked in a run, Savannah Clark knocked in a run. Uh, they had 13 total hits uh, in that uh, game against uh, three different uh, Yale uh, pitchers. Um, but, again – St. Clair doing what I thought they'd do. Marysville doing what I thought they'd do. And that got us to the championship uh, game of Marysville and St. Clair. And, you know, I didn't know what to make of this game. I, know I you felt were, like Marysville was yeah. the better team. But I didn't know by how much or how little because I didn't know how much stock to put into the game that they played earlier this year. Yeah, that was the weird part because it was 3-2, to two, but – it wasn't like – it was more for the event than the actual playing to win. Like, obviously, both teams wanted to win, but both teams emptied the benches. They mixed up the lineups. It wasn't A lineup versus A lineup district championship style. So, for five innings, this was a game. Marysville was up three to nothing. They had uh, Kirsten Smith going, uh, and she was throwing a, a good game, and, and Claire Borg was keeping her team – in the game, in fact, in the fifth, the Vikings had the bases loaded with one out and Borg pitched out of the jam and kept the score 3-0. But then the sixth inning happened and Marysville sent 12 to the plate in the sixth and scored eight runs, kind of out of nowhere, kind of like you were saying with the Marine City Armada baseball just game. Just flipped a switch. Where, like, just something went off and – and again, it's everybody makes a contribution. West Miller scored three runs. Um, two hits, two RBIs for Smith. Two hits, two RBIs for Kane. Kelly Perrin gets a, a single for an RBI and then is hit by a pitch and walked. Uh, then you got Walters, young player that I really like. Two hits, two RBIs. All's a hit and an RBI. Brandy Bassett, three hits uh, and an RBI. Uh, Woodard. Scored two more runs in that game and had an RBI. So uh, and Smith goes six, no runs, five hits, walks two, strikes out uh, seven. Maybe didn't even have her best stuff and throws a shutout. Yeah, 
So that, against the St. Clair lineup that we know can hit, uh, two hits in that game, by the way, for Claire Borg, uh, a single and a double. All right, you want to talk about where they go, and then I'll go on to mine. Yeah, so Marysville wins that eleven to nothing, outscores everybody thirty-four to nothing in three games in that event. Now they're <laughs> that's off. Still, that's still just ridiculous <laughs> because I mean. They, they, were, they didn't play bad teams. No, they played the team that was nipping at their heels all year in the MAC blue and a team that played in the MAC red all year. Yeah. And, and even Crosslex in the BWAC was respectable. They got beat up because the BWAC was loaded, loaded this yeah. year. But it's not like they knew how to play ball. Yeah. Uh, Mary's just going to play Notre Dame prep. Um, and that game's at Armada, and Centerline and East Point is the other uh, game there. They, they, well, that's Centerline going to win that game in three innings because East Point just walked in, like, didn't play. They were like, yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who's they had playing an empty, again? Yeah. And they had an empty district. Yeah. Um, but uh, both games were, were listed as 10 o'clock, so I don't know who the first game is. We'll have to call and get that figured out um, for the district on Saturday because uh, we will be there at Armada for that Marysville uh, district, and uh, we'll we'll follow them on uh, through. Um, you were busy on Saturday as well. You had three games, and, and I guess the first two games were weren't that well, okay. great. We, but it was what worth we it. thought was okay. Algonac Richmond's going to likely be a really good district final. We thought that that was going to be the case, and we were right. But we had to. We had to get there first. Algonac plays Clintondale to start the game, to start the day. D. DeLang was pitching for the Muskrats. Here's how the 13 batters she faced went. Strikeout, 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 strikeout. Bunt, that was a 5-3 to three put out. Strikeout, double, strikeout, fielder's choice. Strikeout. That was D. DeLang's day on the mound. <laughs> Ended with 11 strikeouts and 13 batters faced. And Algonac's bats, actually, I think were still in bed when the game started. Kenna Bomarito started off with a single, but the next three batters were out. So, 0-0 zero, zero after one. In the second, DeLang gets a single, then it's a strikeout. Tory Boyd hits an RBI double, sack bunt, and then a ground out. And... All right, it's one nothing after two, and you're like, might this be a game? Because the way the Clintondale pitcher was throwing, it was like a junk ball type thing, and they were all on their front foot, and they were popping it up and weren't making a lot of hard contact. And then the third inning happened. <laughs> Lead-off home run by Kemma Bomarito that hit the scoreboard. Sophia DeVernay single. Ella Stevenson home run. Camden Thaler single. Dita Lang single. Then they brought in another uh, pitcher. Walk, two RBI single from Tory Boyd. Lindsey Ingalls walked. Hannah Carruthers walked. Another single from Kenna Bomarito. Give her three RBIs in the inning. Sophia DeVernay walked. Ella Stevenson walked. Cameron Thaler was hit by a pitch. D. Delane, or now it was Allison Schilke came in, walked. Trombley then walked, who came in. Anna Sampier had an infield fly. Lindsey Ingalls popped out, and then it was uh, another ground out to end the inning. But 13 runs came across to score in the final inning, and then then DeVernay scored in the fourth to make it 15-0 on an Ellis Stevenson RBI single. So, yeah, that, that they made quick work. And then not to be outdone, Richmond had their own four-inning game. <laughs> Let's go through what Piper Clark did on the mound. 
Strikeout, ground out to the pitcher. Ground out to first. Strikeout, strikeout, pop out to second. Ground out to third. Single, strikeout, strikeout, ground out to the pitcher. Pop out to third, strikeout. Face 13 hitters only struck out six. Darn. <laughs> Weekday for Piper Clark. But, um, and, oh, she can hit too. Oh, way. yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, and then Richmond, they started off strong. Their first five batters all scored. Van Scooter, Toy, Clark, Creon, and Amdar. Amdar had a, the big RBI double. Then it was a sack fly, sack bunt. Lauren Ziza had a RBI triple, so it was 6 nothing after one. It was until the third inning they'd score again on a uh, Michaela Revord uh, single. And then it was the fourth inning where it was 7 nothing. and then they're like, all right, we've played enough of this game. Um, excuse me, the RBI was a Piper Clark sack fly. My apologies. Um, then in the fourth, they're like, okay, enough of this. Amdar single, Black single, Revord got on with an error, Ziza single, Murphy singles, the Shavan Scooter two RBI single. Toit gets on with an error, Clark walks, sack fly, sack fly, game over. 15 nothing. 15 nothing in four innings. And then the fun game happened. So it's like, okay, we if we didn't get an Algonac Richmond Richmond final, we thought it would have been a huge upset. So we knew we were getting this, and I come to find out that when they played before, it was neither of them, Van Scooter and Bomarito did not pitch. The league was decided. They knew this was going to be the final. They didn't want to see each other. And for good reason. Shea Van Scooter was masterful. Like, I, I think once the season's over, we're going to do like a recap of the year and and. This is one of the 10 best individual performances I've seen. Um, She leads off the game after striking out two in the top of the first, uh, and and then she hit Ella Stevenson, who was later thrown out trying to steal second. She then leads off the game, bang, home run, one nothing Richmond. Comes back in the second, strikes out the side in order. Comes back in the third, strikes out the next two, and then gets a ground out. Algonac not able to do anything. Bottom of the third, Richmond adds another run because after the leadoff home run, Van Scooter started walking from the first base dugout to the box. She didn't get across home plate. They're going, put her on first. Nope, not dealing with it. Ain't happening. So just intentional walking. Yes. Sack bunt and then an RBI single from Piper Clark made it uh, 2 nothing. Then at least she looked human in the fourth. Walked Kenna Bomarito. A strikeout, an error moved her up, and then Camden Thaler, with the first hit of the game, drove in a run for the Muskrats to make it three or two to one. Richmond would answer right back. Amdar got on with an error, and Amelia Black drove her in. So they answer right back. They go scoreless in the fifth. Then the sixth happened, and Van Scooter is dominating. Like I said this to you, the bottom part of the order. And by bottom, I mean after the four-hitter, Van Scooter against her, 0 for 15, 13 strikeouts. So five through nine. nine. 0 for 15, 13 strikeouts. But here's what happened in the fifth. Kenna Bomarito ropes a single into right center, like one of the few times she's been squared up. Sophia DuVernay battles with her, eventually draws a walk. And you could tell Algonac, the fans knew, like, this, you don't get chances like this. We got to do something. The tying runs on first, nobody out. 
even if we can just get one across so in the seventh we can keep it where it is, only, only, get it one, only need one run. First pitch to Ella Stevenson, she crushed it out to left field, gone. Algonac fans are in pandemonium. They're up four to three, and you're like, Shea Van Scooter was basically untouchable for five innings. She only gave up two hits that inning, but it was at the worst possible time. She gives up a single walk and then a three-run bomb to Stevenson, and you're like, Algonac's up here in the sixth. And and I'm going to say this because I, I think I said it at the beginning of the year. Ella Stevenson is a name that we're going to mention a lot. And Ella Stevenson, I was told from pretty good sources, is arguably the best all-around player in the area. Uh, and she did nothing this season to make me doubt what people have said. Now, I've seen a lot of other players, and we could make a longer list of who we think are the best player all around in the area, but she's definitely on the list. This is a good player that in a big moment got a big hit against another Yeah, what's the same? Big-time players make big-time plays yeah. in big-time games. And you're like, that was incredible. First pitch, jumped her, crushed it. Van Scooter bounces back, pop-out, strike-out, strike-out. Then in the bottom of the seventh, first batter, Lauren Ziza, strikes out. Emily Tackberry comes up and has just a long battle. She's pinch hitting. And eventually Bomarito gets her to just roll over one to second. I mean, her like it felt it was a it was a joust. Shea Van Scooter goes to pick up a bat and they send her to first base. Then Toy hit a, a weak line drive, and the girl reached out to try to grab it and it like hit the glove. Like it wasn't a routine play, but the it's made more often than not. And they got on, and you're just like, that was their chance to get out of the inning. And he had to face Piper Clark. Already had three hits and an RBI at that point. Ropes a two-RBI double. Richmond has the lead, and you're just like, you could tell that took the wind out of the sails. Lauren Creon doubles. Amdar hit, gets a single. Another error gets Amelia Black on. And it's 7-4 to four going into the final inning. Strikeout, uh, error, a strikeout and then picked off the runner at first. Boom! Richmond's district champions, and but they had to work for it to say the least. Yeah, seven-four victory, and uh, the Blue Devils head to Millington on Saturday, and we'll send Brady to Millington because you've never been there. I have not. Um, and and actually, uh, Richmond's going to play KPAC, uh, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, and Bad Axe is going to play Millington. I'm going to forewarn you that as good as Richmond is, Millington is really. Good. I so think they I'm have gonna, one loss on the I'm going to say Millington's the favorite here. Um, and so if Richmond can win this district or this regional, it's huge. It's huge. It's It would be quite an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if anybody from our area has a chance to, to do something like that, Richmond's a pretty good team to send. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, well, well KPAC got there by rolling. They beat Otisville Lakeville uh, nine to eight in the first game in the Slugfest, but they beat Oakland Christian in the final fourteen to one. So way to go, KPAC. Um, Lutheran Northwest beat Cardinal Mooney fifteen to five. Sandusky beat Laker thirteen to two, but lost to Bad Axe nineteen to six. Otherwise, Sandusky would be over in Millington as well mm-hmm. on Saturday, but it'll be Bad Axe instead. Uh, Imlay City uh, is on their way to a. Uh, 
Regional after beating Elmont 7-2. to two. Which, that's a good lineup to hold the two runs. Uh, and then they beat Goodrich 13-3. to three. Uh, Imlay City's headed to Clio. They're going to play Linden. The other side of the bracket there is Essexville, Garber, and Frankenmuth. Um, and then uh, Armada beat Lutheran North 3-1 to one because we weren't there. So Lutheran mm-hmm. North was like, oh, the, the guys from Good Stuck on Sports aren't here. Okay, I guess we don't have to pull off the upset. Uh, and then Notre Dame Prep needed eight innings to get by Armada 4-2. to two. Which is a shame because Armada – that's a team I would have loved to see play at a regional at home, especially against Marysville. Yeah, that would have given us a Marysville. Now, I think game. Marysville wins that game, but it's a regional at home. They have talent. You never know. Yeah, so that that would have been a whole lot of uh, fun there. So, again, uh, just a real quick uh, recap. In baseball, we've got uh, Anchor Base. Uh, no, wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing. In baseball, we've got uh, Elmont. Richmond and Cardinal Mooney still alive and headed to regionals. And in softball, we've got Anchor Bay, Marysville, Imlay City, Richmond and K-Pac all still alive. Uh, Richmond and K-Pac will play each other. Mm-hmm. So we're guaranteed at least one area team makes a regional final. Uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, soccer is still going on, and we'll get to that in our final segment uh, after we take a break here in just a moment, I get stuck on sports.com's Tri-County Equipment Podcast. I don't think I'd mention Tri-County Equipment today, and I'm kind of obligated to do that. <gasps> Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Michaels, your dealer for the people. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm trying to do a commercial for Michaels Car Center, but there's so much they do. Like what? Well, they do sales, service, and rentals. They have a body shop. They buy used vehicles. They'll beat or match any deal. Plus, there's guaranteed credit approval. Wow, I knew Michaels Car Center has been the area's hometown dealer for 35 years, but with all that, Michaels really is your dealer for the people. Michaels Car Center, 4371 24th Avenue, Fort Grant. 
Gratiot. Open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michael's your dealer for the people. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our gift. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome uh, back. Uh, Final segment here, but I didn't want to go without uh, mentioning that the uh, soccer district Soccer talk. So we'll do some soccer talk here, uh, and we do have three teams on to the regionals in uh, that uh, sport. So girls soccer, backpedal to Thursday, district championship game. Marine City Cardinal Mooney beat New Haven 5-2. to two. So Cardinal Mooney is on to the regional. Their regional is out at Saginaw Valley Lutheran, uh, and they will play on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, uh, against uh, Bad Axe. And the other side of that um, regional is Langsburg against Clarkston Everest. Uh, the championship game is the 10th. What's the 10th? That's Thursday? The 10th is, in fact, Thursday. Yeah, so there it's Tuesday, Thursday um, for that one. Then on Friday, it took overtime, but St. Clair won a, a good one against Goodrich 5-4. to High-scoring soccer game. The Saints vanquished the Martians, sent them back to Mars where they belong. I guess Goodrich and Mars pretty close. <laughs> Uh, they're going to go, <laughs> oddly enough, to Goodrich for their regional. Um, the The dates weren't set yet, but I'm going to assume they're going to play Tuesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. But it's St. Clair against Clio, uh, and DeWitt is playing uh, Marion in the uh, other game uh, there in that regional. Uh, also on Friday, Anchor Bay beat Lance Cruz North 2-0. That's soccer talk. Uh, so it's Anchor Bay against Troy. 
Troy Athens against Romeo. Those games will be played at Troy Athens on uh, Tuesday with the final on Thursday. One other team was trying to win a district. Armada got to a district final but was beaten by Flint Powers 2 to nothing or 2-0 in that match on the pitch just to get some extra soccer talk uh, in there. And that's what uh, happened uh, in the uh, soccer districts back the end of uh, that last week. It seemed like the districts took two weeks to play. Well, yeah, I mean, we did, between the two of us, we did 12 games in two days. But I mean, like, no, I was just talking about the the soccer. It seemed like the the first soccer district score was, like, late May. It was, like, (laughs) May 30th or 31st was the first district game where we recorded a score, and that was Northern beating PH. And then for it to just end, like, the districts just ended on Friday. So mm-hmm. it seems like they went two weeks there. But it might just be my imagination. I don't know. I'm very imaginative. <laughs> <laughs> and it has, and it was a long weekend. I'm still recovering from my sunburn. Uh, well, because you don't properly take it seriously and cover up. Real quick, because we've gone long today, as, as we sometimes do. We had a lot to talk about. Wednesday, Stream 1, Richmond Royal Oak Shrine. 5 o'clock, first pitch uh, from Rochester Lutheran Northwest. I'm going to have to look at a map. Uh, Cardinal Mooney, Inner City Baptist from Parkway Christian, 4.30 first pitch on stream two. Mm-hmm. Then on Saturday, from Armada, Marysville against Notre Dame Prep. I've got it down as 10 o'clock right now. It might be a noon first pitch. If Marysville wins, we'll do the final there as well. Uh, and at Millington, Richmond K-Pack at noon, and one of those teams will be playing at 2 o'clock in the championship game, and those will be the Stream 2 games. Well, we should know more by Wednesday, and Wednesday I'm sure we can go more on the specula- speculative side, as you know I love to do. Uh, t- he, he gets what do you, like what do you, what do you want us to do? Just, re- just re-talk about everything we well, just saw? let's deal with absolutes in- instead of, oh, Six weeks from now, they might have to face this team that I don't know anything about. You say that because I looked at a quarterfinal matchup. <laughs> you were going much further than that. No, like, I when was When we were not. doing basketball, you were like looking ahead to like semifinal games and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because I knew Cross Lex was likely going to be like. But we were still. We hadn't even started the districts yes, yet. Yes, we had. We hadn't started the districts yet. We were still playing regular season games. No. Yes. Go back and listen. Anyways, <laughs> on that note, we'll leave with uh, Brady looking at me like uh, he, he wants to throw a dart at me or something. And uh, <laughs> and everybody, uh, have yourselves a, a great uh, rest of the Monday, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. What does that look for? From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.